This is Coffee Number Five. I'm your host, Lara Schmoisman. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Coffee Number Five. Today, I was thinking about one of my first clients, and it was a client who was doing great. Uh, they opened a store in a very popular street here in Los Angeles, and they were doing amazing. They were pioneers in what they were doing, and they were unique. Their facility was new. Uh, everything looked pristine, just right. And they did their social media, their, they did their brochures. They did absolutely everything because they were new and they had all this energy to put in their business. But then they start getting busy, which was great, great for the business. But what happened? A year later, they called me and say, my competition who just opened across the street is doing better than me in social media, in Google. People find them more than me. And I say, yeah, because you're not doing anything. I started working with them and finally we caught up at some point, but it was a lot of work because it's not something you can stop. You need to be consistent and you need to create solid basis for your business. You can need to create a foundation to grow your business in the marketing. So today I invited Sharmin Adran and she is a professor of marketing at Bryant University. And we've been having conversations and I love, I mean, our last conversation took, we, I could have stayed there forever because I, we agree in so many levels, but I love that she's forming these new generations. No, now knowing all we know about the digital world that we didn't know it at the beginning. That's right. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and chat with you more. Yeah, of course. So, um, Shemin, tell us a little more about your journey. How did you get here? How did you, that passion for marketing started? And not only to market, I mean, I know what is to be an educator in marketing. And I, and it's challenging too, because there's so many parts of marketing uh, and so many pieces and moving pieces, and they change all the time. That is super challenging. Absolutely. You know, I didn't start uh, studying marketing. In fact, in my undergrad, I studied economics at UCLA. But uh, towards my end of my senior year, I started working for Vitamin Water. And they had just moved from Whitestone, New York to Los Angeles, California. And it was a new brand and it was colorful and fun and exciting. And I was going to trade shows and events and um, it was this whole world that was so exciting that I'd never had really access to. And um, I also come from a long line of educators. So, um, you know, grandparents, mother being teachers, my father's a professor. And when I told him how much I loved what I was doing, I said, oh, dad, I want to do advertising. He said, I think you mean marketing. Um, and, you know, you've never taken a marketing class. So why don't you take one? you know, at my university and tell me what you think. So I, I went to his university and I enrolled myself. Granted, I had already graduated from undergrad, um, an undergraduate class. So I took uh, consumer behavior. And in that class, I learned the psychology behind why humans behave the way they do. 
psychology behind buying, sociology, how anthropology, everything, you know, affected our buying behavior and the light bulb went off. I said, I could study this forever. It was so exciting for me. So I threw myself into an MBA program, finished in a year and a half and um, got myself into the PhD program at University of Illinois, Chicago. And I studied marketing and entrepreneurship. And, you know, once I got to Bryant, which was, you know, a, a great opportunity, I noticed that, and you're going to be able to agree with me, there were a lot of internships coming in for social media. Um, and that's because the students were young. They were young, they were in college, they were on Facebook, they were on Instagram. And that's what businesses kind of thought was enough. And it wasn't. And so I realized this real gap in the market where our students were not prepared. They were prepared to use social for their own personal needs, but they weren't, they hadn't learned how to use social media to run a business and to build a brand and to promote and to sell. And so I found it, you know, important to create the the, the first just a social media course. And now we have a full-blown concentration. Uh, it went from, I think, four students in 2019. We have over 75 plus students now in the program. And now we're, you know, landing our students some great jobs. And that, you know, really, I think you asked about passion for it, but I love what I do and I find it exciting. And yes, it's constantly changing. And that means that every class I have to change my lecture from the last time I taught it. And to me, that's exciting. Uh, to me too. That's so fun. To on my toes that I yeah. always need to be uh, keeping young and sharp because I need Absolutely. to keep learning and not trying to learn or find a hobby in something else. I can keep learning what I love to do, which is amazing because Absolutely. there is always something, uh, something new to do. I have a question for you because you mentioned about this class that you took uh, or your master's in marketing and, and entrepreneurship. Yes. And it's so interesting to connect those two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a really kind of unique program in that typically entrepreneurship might be found in, say, management. Um, but uh, we learned kind of, um, you know, I, I was really into like social entrepreneurship triple bottom line, um, uh, uh, subsistence marketplaces, and how to change behavior in rural economies. Uh, it was a very exciting program, um, but I always, at the end of the day, loved consumer behavior, consumer research, and I've now been teaching that, that first class that I took, you know, uh, way back when I've been teaching that class for 15 years now. So uh, I kind of stuck true to what I really was passionate about. Um, and I also teach obviously the, the digital marketing courses, but you have to take consumer behavior and that gets back to those foundations you're talking about. Yeah. Um, you have to learn consumer behavior and the foundations of marketing before you can apply all these great tools, these digital spaces and tools to your strategy. So it's, it's very important. Okay, so let's do a little play, role play here. I'm your student and you are the first class of the year. I'm like new at this at marketing. The audience is new at marketing. What's your first pitch? How do you introduce this marketing world to your students? Well, I definitely start with the idea of, of, of consumer behavior because everyone is a consumer. 
And every topic in that course relates to, we start from micro all the way to macro. So I tell students, you know, why, why are you wearing the, the, the t-shirt or the outfit that you're wearing today? Why are you wearing the shoes that you're wearing today? Tell me about that. And they start talking, oh, I don't know, it was on sale or it was the only clean thing in my, in my closet, you know? And they, and I say, yeah, but so let's get, let's peel back the layers. Why did you really buy it? And all of a sudden it's because it was the brand or because it was a, you know, the sale, or it was, you know, because I'm an athlete and Nike is considered athletic. And we start getting at, you know, the, the real core reason why we behave the way we do. And also who influenced that decision? Was it you, um, what you've seen uh, online, influencers? Is it your family? Is it the, the city or the state you grew up in? Is it um, the organization that you're a part of? You know, we start small and then we get macro. Is it the culture that you're a part of? Is it experience you had when you were abroad? What are all the um, various, you know, um, influential factors that, that, that made your decision today? And yeah, so and they relate to it. And understand if this come from a micro or a macro culture too, because Absolutely. it's completely different, the kind of marketing that we will do. Absolutely. And so I think them understanding that on every single decision they make, there's some marketing related to it. Um, they, they, they get interested. And, and I mean, digital marketing, social media has made it really easy to see marketing front and central on a daily basis. So their exposure level is very high. I always remember growing up in Argentina, of course, everyone has Coke and Pepsi, but we were a Coke family. Yeah. <laughs> because I believe that when Coke uh, came out, it was appealing to my parents' age yes. at the time. And my parents grew up with that. And then they was part of my belief. So if today I don't drink sodas, but you ask me what's better, Coke or Pepsi, I would say Coke because I grew up with that and it's what ingrained is the story behind the brand and the story of our, our unique story with the brand. Absolutely. And that's something that, you know, brands um, need to take into consideration because that's where true connection with the brand lies, right? When it's more of a personal connection. Absolutely. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about small brands because we were just talking about huge brands like Coke and Pepsi, but what happened with, and this is where we connect with the entrepreneurs, a lot of entrepreneurs, of course, absolutely everyone needs marketing to launch a brand or the product, but they many times they are comparing themselves or they're trying to use strategies or they see what these big ones are doing, which is completely different from their means, not their wills. Right. Well, in a sense, digital marketing tools and, and options have can level the playing field, right? So I was just teaching um, search engine marketing the last week in class. And, you know, uh, you can obviously have a large budget if you're a big company and um, spend a lot of time with like search engine optimization and such. But even a small business can compete in 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 Google Ads, right? Um, if they have the right keywords and they you know have a budget for that, you know they can play um, in the same spaces that these large companies play. And it's all about strategy, and it's all about you know understanding um, you know consumer intent and the intent of the person that's searching online. And if you can build that strategy and you have your toolkit like SEMrush or Uber Suggest, there's so many tools um, uh, to, to, to kind of 
figure out what the right terms would be to bid for, then you can pay play in the same field. But, um, but you know that you need to have a budget for it. You're not going to be able to get in the market or compete without having a budget. Yeah, there absolutely needs to be a budget. But in the meantime, there's a lot of ways through social media, through writing on your site and blogs, um, you know, understanding all the various touch points that your customer comes into contact with you um, and how to optimize those touch points from how they become aware of you to them considering you to actually converting and hopefully becoming loyal customers, analyzing every single one of those touch points what is the customer feeling, thinking, doing, experiencing in that touch point? And if there's gaps or areas for improvement, really hitting that on the head and making sure that you're focusing your efforts so that you can help someone go through that journey, um, as well as there's so many nurturing opportunities that you know are, again, strategic and not expensive as long as you are understanding who you're attracting, where they are, how they're thinking and how you can help them. Yeah, but I mean, I agree with you 100%, but also the, uh, the entrepreneur in this case, they need to understand that also there is a scale of how much you can do with organic. Organic right. is fabulous and I love, and always I say, if you have small budget divided in a good percentages and do organic as much as you can. And then because organic is gonna keep building up. Right. In the meantime, and, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and paid is going to go and, and it's gone. Yeah. But you have so many efficient ways of using that budget because you can target so, you know, minutely. Yeah. It's, it's really powerful. So I think um, you start small, um, you know, with, with a smaller budget. And as long as you're kind of seeing some benefit, right? Yeah. You can start but, spending a little more. That is a, a lovely keyword that is just here, there. It's some, you cannot expect overnight success. Absolutely. Yeah. So we need to have the right expectations for the right of budgets that we have. And how do you explain that to your students or to your clients? Or I mean, success studies for me is not anymore how many followers it is because those numbers don't work anymore. It's how much engagement you get. Absolutely. And, you know, there's so many ways of calculating engagement, but that's really the true currency, right, of, of, of online is how, how much engagement do you have? I mean, I have an influencer account Hangry Girl Rhode Island. And so I post about food and such. And I've worked with hundreds of brands. And, you know, brands don't really want to work with you unless you have at least, I would say, you know, two to 5% plus engagement rate, because mm -hmm. then it's a waste of their time. I would say so, even 3%. Yeah. So really trying to understand um, where you're putting your money and, and, and what you're going to get out of it by picking the right, you know, tools, platforms, brand collaboration, sponsorship opportunities, and so forth is so important. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, uh, it's, it's really, you know, the, the best formula to use is engagement rate, right? Um, and so that's, that's really what um, the currency is right now followers i mean you could buy them they could be bots they could be you know completely useless 
Um, and there are platforms where you can check um, for yeah, that. Absolutely. Well. absolutely. But yeah. I mean, I always talk about ecosystems or omni-channels to create mm -hmm. strategies because as we all know, I mean, I always call the home base our website because everything we do is going to end up there. And we, but Instagram, which is a great platform or Facebook or TikTok or whatever other platform you want there, it's not yours. They are letting you use their platform. Absolutely. So you cannot put all your business there. You need Absolutely. to create strategies that they're going to be connecting your message, your product, your values, whatever you want to, to convey, you need to use the native language of the platform. Absolutely. But and I always say that those, um, those platforms are kind of roads, right? You're building roads towards your home or your website. So how can you use and leverage these various platforms to bring people to the space that you really are going to be, you know, conducting the business. So that's, that's a really important point. Yeah. I, I love that, that word. I never use it. I love the, the roads, uh, parallel. I, I think it's really important because where the conversion is going to happen is in your home. Right. Right. Absolutely. And right now, I there is a big confusion, and this is something I would love to address with you. I can see lately a lot of people spending money in boosting, boosting, boosting. I see you saying no, but <laughs> I, I say no too, but why? Let's explain the audience why. So boosting a post is a really easy way that Facebook has created for users, businesses, particularly to put money behind their posts, right? And, and send out a, a, a mini targeted ad, let's say, or post that's been doing well to more followers, to get more followers, to drive conversions, whatever, wherever you are in the journey that you've been sending the ad out for. But boosting a post is a very limited capability within the Facebook ads manager. What companies should be doing is opening up the full suite of opportunities through the Facebook ads manager. Because when you open up ads manager, yes, it can seem overwhelming and complicated, but with that, you get so many more options for your ads, so much more control of who sees it, when, and, and what language and such, and, and, and so much more tracking yep. um, and measurement right in the analytics section of that dashboard. But obviously these companies, they're businesses, they're trying to make your life easier, but easy, you lose control. Of uh, course. And targeting. And let's be clear, it's not a bad tool. I don't want to say that boosting is terrible. I, it's not my preferred choice. I think that if you're looking to get a few more followers here and there, but with the risk that they are not gonna be loyal fo followers, because of the algorithm and how it works. So maybe those uh, followers that they're gonna come in today because you boosted, but then tomorrow they will leave. Yeah, and, and it just have way more control in the platform. It takes a little bit more time to learn it, but you know, Facebook offers courses. They have Facebook blueprint courses. Um, you can just hop on Facebook ads manager and learn how to use it. There's tons of videos. Um, it's, it's pretty easy if you just walk through it with a video once. Um, and then you have so much more control Absolutely. over your ad. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people are boosting besides that it's easy because they don't have a clear idea what their conversion is. That's what I call always content with intention. Mm -hmm. And we spoke about this many times about my IEMA system, informative, entertaining, memorable, and actionable. 
that at the end of the day, what are you looking for? Are you looking for followers or are you looking for convert in your product? I think that there is this popularity content that a lot of people are running in the competition without realizing that maybe it's not what they need. Yeah, I mean, here's kind of a good rule of thumb for boosting. So if you um, see some organic content in your analytics, in your insight section, that's doing really well or had a lot of engagement, you know, um, boost that, you know, it, it'll probably, uh, more people will like it, more people will be engaged with it and that's fine. But if you want to actually have Facebook work for you, when you go into the ads manager, it shows you various goals in awareness goals in consideration and goals in conversion. It's actually listed just like the journey and it will optimize your ad and all the characteristics of the ad for the goal that you choose. So if you want to be more strategic and you want to, you know, really have control over your ad and what it's doing for you, the intent that you were speaking of, then the ads manager is just the way to go. Absolutely. And you can run them through through Instagram as well, obviously, because they're connected. So it's like this one big hub. Yeah, and all even, even now you can also connect WhatsApp. Yeah, it's, it's just a great platform. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk for a minute. I want to talk about the algorithms are changing all the time. But and this is a question that I get all the time. Do I need to post every day? <laughs> of course, it depends on. I mean, every day, how how frequently every day, um, you know, Twitter's um, the way that it shares its feed is chronological. So it's okay to post on Twitter, say three times a day, because it just so happens I hopped on at a certain time and saw a few posts. Whereas the other social platforms like Instagram and Facebook are based on algorithm and engagement, entertainment value, popularity. Um, however, Instagram is just about to launch the option to see your feed chronologically. So that's something marketers are gonna have to take into consideration, right? What is blasting your audience and what is not? But posting once a day makes a lot of sense, right? Because you wanna continue having people interact with your content, you wanna show up on, on their feed. And what the algorithms are particularly looking for is what I call friendship, right? Who are you social with? Who are you friends with? And friendship is symbolized by a, a view, a like, a comment, right? A direct message. Um, so any of the ways that we signal to people and, and it creates a notification for the other party, that's an engagement, right? Absolutely. So, so that's how we signal, Hey, we're friends, show me more of that person's content and vice versa. So, you know, it's so important to be engaging every day. Um, posting is a part of that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Shereen, before we go, I have a last question for you. Sure. What was that mistake when you started in this world that it was an eye-opening, an aha moment that you made that mistake and I said, oh my God, I, it's going to be crazy. I need to get this fixed. Or, but you learn so much because we learn so much from our mistakes. Like remember when uh, one of the documents that you did, deleted, but then you did much faster and much better the second time. <laughs> oh, that's uh, the worst. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> when... What's that mistake that you learn and our audience can learn from it? Um, I would say, you know, um, making sure that you give yourself 
solid experience in the field that you want to enter before kind of dedicating yourself to it, right? Get, getting some experience first. So I'll go back to my college days. I was pre-med for um, almost two years before, you know, taking biology, chemistry and such before I went and started working for a hospital and realizing this wasn't where I was happy. And, and you know, jumping into that internship, say with um, vitamin water, I realized, wow, this is what I could be passionate about. And once I had that solid experience, I was able to really, then it drove the rest of my career. It drove, you know, I always tell my students that, like get internships, get out there, practice. As, 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 a, pro, as a professor, do you think that we're pushing our students, our new generations too fast into deciding what they want to do? Um, I know at Bryant, we, um, definitely suggest internships early on. And most of our students, we have a really strong career center, make sure that our students are getting these internships early and we guide them and make sure every week they send me an email saying, how'd it go? What was good? What did I learn? So that they're actually processing and not just kind of blindly going through the internship, they're processing on a weekly basis. How did they feel? What did they learn and did it match what they expected or maybe it exceeded their expectations, but what did they learn? And then they have to write a reflection paper um, at the end to, to discuss, you know, all these things and how did it tie to the theories they learned in class? How could they apply what they learned, you know, back and forth. And I think that makes them very thoughtful in their decisions. Um, in, in addition, in our classes, we work with clients. So they can't leave our program without having worked with a client and practicing what they're learning. And hey, if they don't like it, fine. But the majority of people really enjoy, you know, seeing the fruit of their work. Um, and, and I think really making sure that you have that experience um, is, is so helpful, especially, you know, to find your passion and then go, go chase after it. That's amazing. Charmaine, thank you so much for having coffee with me today. Thank you for and having me. This is an awesome platform. Thank you for inviting me. And of course, and I love to talk to you and I can keep talking to you forever. Same. <laughs> okay. Have a great day. Thank you so much. And to you guys, I will see you next week on more coffee number five. It was so good to have you here today. See you next time. Catch you on the flip side. Ciao, ciao.